Are you feeling stuck? Are you searching for purpose and a more fulfilling life? Are you looking for inspiration and encouragement? Then this is the place for you. I'm Brooke Moore. I'm Gretchen Jackson. I'm Kelly Strother. I'm Tharwit Lovett. We are Shifter. In this podcast, we will address all things mindset. You will hear real stories from real women who have faced their fears, crushed their limiting beliefs, and have turned their mess into their message by shifting their mindsets and leveling up in business and life. Hello, everyone. Kelly here for this episode of the podcast, where today we have special guest Dorothy Collier. She is the mixed media artist behind Dorothy Art. She is a creative that brings a strong sense of whimsy and maximalist grand millennial vibes with every aspect of her life that she decorates. From the oil painting she creates for your living room walls to a birthday celebration tablescape for her friends and family. Dorothy believes in surrounding oneself with colorful pieces and bringing out the extravagant from the ordinary. She is the host of Positively Creative, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs, which has topped the iTunes charts at number five in art and design. In 2017, Dorothy founded the Memphis chapter of the Rising Tide Society to celebrate community over competition and uplift the creative entrepreneur with free business education, quickly leading Memphis to house one of the biggest of the 450 plus international chapters with over a thousand local members. With the help of local creatives enthusiasm, she and co-founder Abby Phillips built Arrow Creative, a one roof creative district, which ignites the creative spirit in all Memphians. Arrow houses studio spaces, retail, co-working, creative entrepreneur advancement, community art workshops, summer arts, youth camp, and more. Dorothy resides in Memphis, Tennessee with her husband, John, four and a half year old Johnny, one year old Coco, and their Yorkie Oxford. Her work can be found in private home collections and gift retailers throughout the Southeast. Welcome to the Shift Her podcast, Dorothy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be having this conversation with you. Yes, this is so exciting. So we'll just dive right in. So from the outside looking in, you know, if somebody were to just check out your website or your your social pages, um, it may appear to many that you're kind of living the dream. Truth be told, being a full-time working artist is a dream for so many. And you're not only living that, you are succeeding in it. So that is awesome. Have you always known that you would be an artist or was there a turning point in your journey that kind of pushed you in that direction? Um, I definitely have always wanted to be an artist. Uh, growing up, I watched my mother be a full-time artist. And so I knew that it could be done. I knew that there were ups and downs. I knew that, uh, it really fulfilled her and she got excited when someone shared that joy of, uh, what she made. And, but I also knew that there were downs, you know, and she definitely let me know that there were downs, uh, meaning that she did not want me to major in art. She did not want me to be an artist. She wanted me to have something with the steady income, uh, because and this is anything but a steady income. And so, uh, she wanted me something that was salaried. And so I, just like I do with everything in my life. Uh, I 
follow the rules, but then I break the rules. So I double majored. I got a psychology degree so that I could check that box of making her feel secure. And I got mm -hmm. a art degree as well. So I double majored at the University of Mississippi. Um, and then I graduated during the recession and I was like, oh wait, I actually don't wanna be a psychologist or psychiatrist or any of that sort. Um, but I do want to have a staged income like my mom warned me about because of this, you know, here we are in 2009. And so I uh, skirted being adult for a little bit longer and got my master's in art education. So I did do the art route, but I also did the safety net route. Um, yeah, so I've always known that I wanted to be an artist. Uh, and I have always been painting. I've always been making, creating. Um, there's been ebbs and flows and we'll talk about that and like my creativity levels and uh, how prolific I am. And some, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm not painting at all. Other times I feel like that's all I was doing. Uh, yeah, so it's always been something in me and uh, it's sweet of you to say that it looks like I'm living the dream. You know, I definitely feel like that is something that I have consciously wanted to be doing to set my own tone in my own day. And it is an ongoing thing. It's not just like, oh, I've arrived. I'm, I've made my day how I want my week, month, year life to go. Um, so, but it's always something that I'm working on and really trying to um, hone in on realizing that I am in that moment of, yes, wow, I am so fortunate that I do get to do this as a daily living. Um, so all of that, yes, I've known that I've always wanted to be an artist, uh, much to my mother's demise and uh, steady income is great. It's also great when being an artist, you can successfully find lots of different revenue streams so that you're not fully reliant on one. And I think that's what I've, I try to do well so that, um, you know, when I am not painting all the time, my phone is dinging that I sold some prints online. And so that's, you know, old work that I did that I'm getting reaping benefits from still. So, uh, so yes, so trying to feel like you're not just after your next sale of a painting, um, but having that steady income feeling while still right. being an artist. That's awesome. It's so, so interesting to have the kind of the um, tables turned and, and hear your side of the story, what kind of all goes into that. Yeah. Um, I would definitely love to go a little bit deeper with you into like mindset shifts. Mm -hmm. um, I know that's a big thing here in Shifter. And definitely. personally, when I got into my own mindset journey, you know, I was very fortunate to get into a mastermind group with these amazing ladies, many of um, whom are co-founders of Shifter. At the time, I didn't even really know what a mastermind was. And we were going to focus on mindset work. And I was at a place where I was 
kind of checking off all the boxes and the supposed tos, like you talked about with um, with your mom's advice and that sort of thing. And as I worked through some of the mindset work and began to peel back layers and realized there were so many times in my life that maybe trauma had occurred and I got into more of a surviving through life rather than thriving mode. Mm-hmm. And just so amazing to realize that life can be so much more than those supposed tos. And um, it's really a, a mission and a purpose of ours to share that with so many other women. And I know that once I really discovered that what I was doing in life and, and the, the roles I was conquering was maybe more about my position or my placement and not so much my purpose, um, everything shifted and mm-hmm. finding your purpose mm-hmm. and living towards that can be so scary, but worth the reward. And um, you yourself are a big product of self-made success. Is there anything in that journey that really help change a belief that you previously held on to? Well, I think it goes back to, you know, you saying that you are wanting to really work for what you want to work for. And going back to, I, before we started recording, you were saying that, um, you know, you're, you're finding your purpose now in all of what you're doing now, instead of uh, working for others and having that gallery to uplift others' uh, artwork, which is great. And I want to talk about that. I have so many things I want to talk about the community over competition with my um, work with Rising Tide and now my Aero nonprofit. That's really what has propelled me. But um, what was the question? I have so many ideas that I want to share. <laughs> Um, really just along your own journey and in the way you've kind of carved out your own success, if, if there's been a time that maybe you had a belief going into it and something changed and you, that was broken down and, and that created kind of a shift in you. Yeah, I think that I'm um, going back to my mom as well. She has been on this own walk of, uh, thoughts become things. And she's the one that initially taught this to me when I was in high school, I was such a rebellious teenager. And I don't know what I had done that week, but I vividly remember her throwing down, um, the power of now book on my bed. And I was like, Ugh, I don't want to what a, no. Um, but then, you know, I secretively read it and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, wow, this is great. But, you know, the rebellious teen in me was still going, oh, my mom is trying to teach me this. I don't want to learn it. Um, and I remember the first thing I manifested, um, that like I knowingly was like, wow, I shifted my thoughts. I really worked towards something and accomplished it. Not like a grade. I was always, I was always a straight A student, maybe some like high B's, but um, you know, not like something like a goal like that, like a life goal. Um, I really think like the first thing I manifested was my boyfriend now husband. And it almost, I just kept on um, daydreaming about what life would be like with this person and what we would go do and, um, how we would, you know, interact and how we would, uh, talk to each other and how, where we would go and what we would do with friends and yada, yada, yada. 
and really focused on the feeling of it more so like who is that person you know when you're out in college like going on date nights um not like beelining for one person like are you it but uh really and for he'll laugh um for like a half a year I was dating somebody else and he was trying to pursue me and I was like oh no 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 uh and finally you know slowly but surely uh we got together and the rest is history but I think that yeah that my mindset manifestation uh thought process was someone at the door um was really about I think that all started about when I was like 18 or 19 understanding that this is a way of life um and that it wasn't like all said and done then uh I definitely through him John and I both grew together in this uh process and in a way of thinking and I feel like I'm just now like 15 years later I feel like I'm just now understanding it just now learning it um because there's definitely been some ebbs and flows and uh major growth over the past decade that I've done but I still feel like I'm a baby in it um but lots of it's really cool to hear you talk about how you kept focusing on, you know, the feeling, not so much just, oh, I see a guy and I'm going to, you know, beeline to him. Like you said, I know that's one big thing that I've, I've really seen recurring over and over in the things that we read and listen to is it's about acting as if, you know, you, you write these affirmations down to help break through limiting beliefs, but you say them to yourself as if it's already happened. Or if you're trying to, you know, manifest wealth or as you said, your, your dream guy or a new job, whatever it is, it's, it's a, a lot about getting into those emotions, you know, feeling what it's going to feel like once you've arrived. And it's just so awesome that one of your first experiences happens to be manifesting like another relationship into your life that had such a big impact. Yeah. I definitely think that was the first aha. Oh, wow. It actually worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's been, I was talking to someone the other day, like there's been lots of manifestations that like, uh, didn't go as like, I wanted it at the time. And then in retrospect, probably wasn't the best decision, but right. going back to what you said is I think that they were all life lessons. Like, yes, I did the safe route of being an art teacher during the 2008 recession but had I had not done that uh, it would not have given me the knowledge that I had going into building my nonprofit arrow and so uh, my friend and co-founder of arrow creative here in Memphis Tennessee Abby Phillips she started Memphis Fashion Week which led her into Memphis Fashion Design Network, which was a cohort of fashion designers uh, that had a space where they made their work. And I had Rising Tide Society, which uh, is an international chapter of 
created a bunch of entrepreneurs. And so I started the Memphis chapter to give free business education to hang out with other creatives. And it was really just essentially like, oh, I came out of pregnancy fog from having Johnny. And I was like, I was listening to their uh, Instagram and emails. And I was like, wow, this is really good stuff. Well, where's the Memphis chapter? Uh, I, I can't wait to go to the event. If they're all over the country, I'll just, there's got, Memphis is pretty hip and cool. Like there's gotta be one here and there wasn't. And so I started that and that led to the growth of this huge um, networking event that we held every single month. And pre-COVID we had about 75 to hundred people at each meetup where most around the country, they're all great. Go find your chapter, but they are mostly about five to 10 people hanging out at a coffee shop. Um, which is also excellent, but, um, but all that to say, like, if I was not an art teacher for those couple of years, I would not have had the vocabulary to pitch myself to the mayor of Memphis about art education and about community education in the arts. Um, this all started, Aero Creative was birthed out of something kind of sad in our community, which was um, the announcement the Memphis College of Art was closing. And so Abby and I started this idea in the fall of 2017 um, when they announced the closing. And for a while we were wanting to go into their building, which is in the heart of Memphis and Overton Park. Um, and that's when I kind of stopped making art as much. I had already like not done it because I had a, I would just, I'm not a good pregnant person. <laughs> and so I just either slept a lot or uh, held a baby for, for like a year after he was born. And um, so <laughs> I wasn't making art as much and instead making this new baby aero creative um but all of that to say like this space that we have now like fast forward to we in april 2021 and we just uh the end of february moved into 23,000 square feet off of central avenue in midtown memphis and we I just top off a call with our um, designer and the space will be fully renovated by this fall. We'll have 20 artist studios. They will also be retail space where we will um, be selling over a hundred artists work. Uh, It's definitely going to be a tourist spot. It's going to be a awesome space where you can come buy original artwork but not only just buy the artwork but get to talk to the artists and um take community education classes so all of that to say i feel like there have been lots of things that i've manifested that ultimately i didn't want to do for forever um but that have all played a big part in the ultimate goal um, right. That's a cool journey to hear you talk about. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of things that you think that you're manifesting and you want really you want so badly more than anything. I mean, for years, Abby and I thought that we wanted 
78,000 square feet in Overton Park next to the Memphis Zoo. And we fought like hell for it. And finally, um, when it was our shot to take the building that we were given and had the opportunity to buy, we walked away from it. Um, so finally, you know, like we had finally wanted it, wanted it, wanted it. And it finally came down to, okay, they said, yeah, okay, it can be yours. And oh, wait, never mind, because it also came with all these other unknowns. And luckily, we do not have 78,000 square feet coming off a pandemic right now. I'm very yeah. excited to fill up my 23,000 square feet right now instead of being worried, how are we going to keep the lights on with 78,000 square feet? Um, it's such a testament too to, um, you know, we, we in Shifter talk a lot about how you might put these dreams or goals out there, but it's really up to your trust in the universe and God to pick those up and, and do with it what they, they, you're, what, what is actually meant for you, which is usually not what you expect, not what you envision, mm-hmm. which is obviously your case as well. Sometimes it's something even bigger and better and, and works in much better ways than you could have imagined. Yeah, very um, much so. Yeah. I definitely like want to honor um, the lessons learned. Yes. Yeah, but I love that you brought up the fact that you started as an art teacher. Um, but, you know, I think I think a lot of people ask about, well, how can you really find your purpose? And I, we talked recently about you just kind of need to try it out and dip your toes into whatever you think might light you up and, and fail and, you know, yeah, take those big not, scary yeah not being afraid to fail um because I mean I feel like I still probably am afraid to fail but not as much as I was when I was a kid uh or like when I was a new teacher uh, teaching I taught less time than it took me to get my master's in art education it was not for me uh, I love my children so much. Other people's children makes me so anxious. <laughs> and even like art projects with Johnny downstairs, the Easter Bunny just got him something. And I was, I was cussing the Easter Bunny in my head. You know, I was like, why did we get that from Target the other day? I don't, I don't want that in my kitchen right now. Um, you know, so I... It's so funny. Yeah. I'm like, we should be having an art space that, um, you know, that Johnny's more than welcome to come to Arrow and mess up Arrow any single time. But, um, and that's why we made Arrow is so that you can bring your kids and you don't have to mess up your kitchen. Um, And those teachers there are, those teachers there love children. I'm not teaching the children's classes. I'm teaching some adult classes, but you know, yeah, all that to say, um, yeah, definitely want to honor the, you know, other things in the past, but, you know, you don't have to, um, you don't have to like find your one shining moment right now. That's what I keep on coming back to just the past couple of weeks. It's not like, you'll know the feeling when you've arrived. Lots of people say that, like, you know, okay, I'm trying to get to this point. Wow, this is like, I manifested this. I feel this. I, uh, the universe has given me this. Um, but it's an ongoing journey. It's, there's no ever said and done. There will always, 
and that's the beauty of it. You've got to be so thankful for that. Um, and so finding the joy in the mundane that there will always be, um, you know, like, uh, decorating your house or doing fix it jobs around your house. There will always be something to fix. Aren't we so blessed that we have a home to maintain or even the messy kids projects to have that time with them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you just pay two extra dollars and buy the Crayola markers that don't stain. (laughs) Right. Well, so let's um, speak a little bit to the working mom. I mean, I know you and I are both in that role and really many women, I think almost all women wear all these hats, you know, whether we're mom or not, entrepreneur, business owner, um, we tend to try to be all the things for all the people. And for some reason, women just have a tendency to put ourselves on the bottom of our to-do list. Mm -hmm. I know I was definitely there. I thought, Everyone else needs to be taken care of before me. Then I can get to myself, which of course I ended up neglecting myself in the process. I always thought self-care was just selfish. Maybe you'll get a spa day here and there, but definitely have um, shifted that old belief and and realized the saying you can't pour from an empty cup is so true. It is Mm -hmm. so important for us to check in with ourselves daily, to become aware of what really fulfills us so that we can serve others well and so that we can love others well. Um, so you personally, Dorothy, are there any like tools or strategies that you could share with our audience that have really helped, helped you in this? Do you have a particular routine or does your self-care kind of evolve as needed? Yeah, I definitely, uh, thought the same way that you did. I was like, you know, I've got to do it all. Uh, at the end of the day, everything needs to be cleaned off, ready for the next day. Um, everything on my to-do list needs to be done, blah, 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 blah. And that's just, I've learned over the course of the past year, pandemic, all that. Uh, that's not true. It'll never, a to-do list will never be done because it's a list. It's something to do. And so it's just a working list and it's okay that it's a list. Uh, not all the boxes have to be checked off. Um, but yes, feeling, uh, that sense of, you know, you've got to put your oxygen mask on first. I think about that a lot. Um, just that saying you can't pour from an empty cup, just like you said, it's so true. Uh, I feel very fortunate that I can step away from being a full-time mom they go to daycare a lot. Um, we, I pay for the extra hours in the afternoon. So I feel like my job is a nine to five job. Um, so that I can have breathing room to go to the grocery store on my own to not feel guilty that I'm, um, you know, taking 10 more minutes to drink coffee and read an article or listen to a podcast or whatever. Um, I, yeah, I definitely want to, uh, I definitely want to 
enjoy my day rather than feel like I'm playing catch up. And that's really what I'm striving to do. And it's going to be an ongoing journey, but I feel like I'm starting to get there each and every day more and more, which is really exciting of like, oh, okay, I am now living the daily hourly life that I've set out to do. Um, I don't feel stressed, you know, running to my next appointment. Um, I, you know, I do, and, and that's also just going back and saying, okay, well, today I need to, uh, I'm trying to think, like, I got to go buy such and such for a party or whatever it's going to be. Like, oh, I need to buy this, do this errand. Instead of allowing myself mentally, I think that I can do so much more in a day that I can. <laughs> and so mentally, I used to would have been like, oh, well, that'll take me 30 minutes because it's 15 minutes away. And that's not true. So now I basically, I kind of double the time in my mind for everything um, so that my day is a lot more relaxed and I'm not stressing myself off or stressing myself out at the end of the day, because I made that plan for myself. I said that my Tuesdays can consist of, uh, you know, sending out an email, painting two paintings, getting this in the mail, going to the grocery store, picking up the prescription. Like, yeah, all those things might need to be done, but do they have to be done by 5 p.m. on Tuesday? That's me, that's me, I said that. So, um, so yeah, just really giving myself that grace and also flexibility and schedule because I was wanting to get so much done that I was setting myself up for failure. Um, because you can't go like, you can even, it, that you're not Amazon. You can't go run an errand that's on the other side of town and you can't determine who's going to be in line in front of you. So really just giving myself that. That's my self-care recently. I know that's probably not what you were looking for, but I think. Oh, no, that, I think um, grace is a, grace is a huge thing. Um, you know, it, it goes overlooked so often, but also I heard you through all that you were describing that you've really um, come to value your time. And give yourself yeah. some breathing room in that that schedule or that to do list. I think that's a big deal. Um, and so many of us are going from point A to point B. And um, mm -hmm. I know I myself am, am guilty of sometimes I'll run that errand and then I'll sit in my driveway for five to ten minutes and just take a breather or finish the podcast that I needed to or that song yeah. on the radio. You know. And I I think that um, you know I'm I get my next round of vaccine next week. And, you know, the invitations are coming. Life is kind of not getting back to normal, but, you know, things are happening out there. And now not only do I have my schedule on my calendar, uh, but I've got John's work schedule. I've got now Johnny is a little person and he's got his schedule. So we've got his birthday parties and his soccer practice and his X, Y, Z. Um, 
and really honing in on that, those buffer zones. Mm -hmm. And do I want, yes, I want my week to be filled with lots of happy engagements and things like that. But do I want to feel stressed out making sure that his, uh, you know, soccer outfit is clean and, oh my goodness, we got to go this, this, and this. So really, um, just taking the time to give myself those buffer zones, uh, but going back to the self-care issue or topic. Yeah, I, I definitely, um, do add extra things for myself throughout the week. Uh, you know, going to, um, you know, if I, if I do have to go to Target to run around and get something, then like giving myself that extra 30 minutes so that I can browse and look at the book aisle and I don't feel stressed mm-hmm. out. So that's my kind of like form of self-care that I get a little bit of free time for myself. And I know um, I've heard you mention, um, I know you're a fan of Kathy Heller yeah, and been doing these little uh, mini sods, you know, I think that was a big thing for me, even when I, I was working every single day is so easily that commute, whether it's 10 minutes or five minutes or 20 minutes can be mindless. And then, but we can take it back. You know, we can take our power back, even in that small little time, even if it's our putting our makeup on in the morning, turning into something like that. Um, she's got a great little small podcast that's maybe like seven, eight minutes, I think, where she yeah. gives bursts of motivation, quote uh-huh. of the day show, you know, there's so many little things out there that you can really feed into your own mind and, and set the tone for the day. Oh yeah. I've been definitely, I've been eating up Kathy Heller's daily doses on her. Don't keep your day job podcast. Um, it's been really helpful. It's gotten me in a great mindset every morning, almost every morning this year. Uh, it's been really wonderful. Definitely giving myself that time to uh, sip my coffee, really set intention. Um, one of the first times that I did listen to Kathy Heller uh, was I had this idea. So, so I'm an artist, but I also like love antiques and thrifting and finding vintage stuff. My grandmother owned two antique stores, one in the Mississippi Delta and the other um, in Nashville. And I grew up in Nashville in the school bus for the first couple of years of school um, when we lived by that shop. Uh, The school bus dropped me off at the antique store every afternoon. And so um, it's always been like a part of my life. And uh, I had this idea. Well, first, I guess I'm on Instagram a lot um, at, at Dorothy Art, and I just wanted to share on Instagram stories one day uh, my stuff, like the stuff that I saw at an antique mall that I thought was cool. And I did like the yay, I did like the yes or no button, the poll mm-hmm. button, and I called it yay or nay, and I just like labeled them yay or nay, like what should I buy? Um, and so many people out of the woodworks were commenting saying, oh my gosh, buy that for me. Oh, what's your PayPal? I'll send you money or, you know, something along those lines. So within one afternoon, I had about a dozen of those requests 
people are trying to pay me money for things that I saw at the antique mall that I was buying for myself um, or not buying for myself. I was just having fun sharing it. And, but I had been listening to Kathy Heller and um, you know, they, they talk about on, I'm like an Instagram junkie of like learning what's the latest thing. Um, and as a business, people say, you know, just like share what brings you joy and that's when you're going to light up. That's when you're going to find your like purpose is sharing the moment of finding of the joy of whatever you're doing. And so me, like just sharing what I thought was cool at an antique mall, obviously resonated with other people. And, um, so all that to say, like I had been like listening to Kathy Heller and okay so I'm sharing stuff that I'm finding on at the antique mall people are gonna like offering to pay me money for it uh so I was like okay ding 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 extra revenue stream because I'm always thinking of an extra revenue stream but ones that ultimately don't feel like work right that are fun and so this is fun for me so um, the next go around, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this thing where I'm just going to walk through the antique mall, call it yay or nay. So I take a picture of something that I like. Y'all voted on Instagram just for fun, yay or nay. But this time around, if you want to bid on it, if you want to buy it, um, put in your best bid and also add your PayPal email. And so basically, so I'm like a personal shopper now for vintage items. And it's been so much fun. I've been doing it for like, since the beginning of 2021 and, um, and really it's, it was like, I vividly remember the moment driving to the antique mall being like, okay, I'm going to do this this time. Like I'm going to have, it's going to be like a game and people are going to send me their PayPal emails. Um, and I was listening to Kathy Heller and I was just in the moment, like I knew that this is what I was supposed to do. Um, there, I feel like if you are for myself, when I'm sharing what I love, when I'm um, not stressed out about how people will perceive things, then that's when things click and it flows. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I think that's kind like, of the dream. I, to, I, yeah, Kathy Heller tangent. I'm now obsessed with her. <laughs> she, uh, yeah, her podcast is incredible. If it's not like on one of your uh, weekly, if not daily things to listen to, definitely have that on. So your just list. share what brings you joy more with other people. Oh yes, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's um, shift gears just a little bit. I'd love to also ask you about. Um, kind of how art has been transformative in your life we we do love to really highlight that no matter where we come from what we've got going on whatever our baggage is the things that we kind of view as what we should keep hidden or maybe is like our messy part of our life really can be turned into our message and I know that's been something that you've been able to work through in your art can you kind of elaborate just a little bit on how that's come out in your life yeah, I think that, like, ultimately, 
I do love to paint things that are pretty for people's walls. And I want people to um, resonate with my art. And as an artist, you can only put so much of yourself into the painting and then, or your own interpretation into the painting. And um, then it's up to the viewer to decide how they feel about it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that clicks and sometimes that's wonderful. Um, and that's when you know, like you've really made something special. Uh, lots of the collections that I make are uh, based off of a feeling or a hunch or something I'm working with personally. Um, a couple of series ago, maybe like a couple of years ago, I can't even remember the year. Um, I've had like a fight or flight series and that was something that was personal to me. It was talking about, it was just a series of birds, but whether they were coming or going and um, really like how, how do we perceive being attacked? How do we perceive something scary? Do we flee or do we fight? Um, and that was something that I was working with personally with, uh, someone very close to me and we were at odds of what we felt the other one should do because it is my nature to sometimes fight and it's her nature to flee. Um, yeah, I think that, and I think that sharing that thought process resonates with lots of people. We've all been at odds probably with a different way that we would have looked at things, um, whether it be like a family member or a friend or whoever. Um, but yeah, going back to like lots of my collections, they are, they stem from like an idea um, of something that I'm grappling with or like an aha moment in mm -hmm. myself. I think I can definitely relate to the fight or flight for sure. Yeah. But it, it, it's a good um, thing that you're, you know, promoting you, you have this situation or this turmoil or whatever you're wrestling with and you've got that outlet to work through it, um, which is really valid. I, I know for me, it's, it's writing. I have to get to a journal and, and see what happens when I, I kind of get my thoughts out onto paper and, so definitely encourage everyone that's listening. If you've got something that's just kind of building up inside of you, um, don't push it down, you know, find that outlet, whatever it may be. You don't have to be good at it. Just, just get it out there. And that is a really great way to process. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Um, so I would love to have you share with our listeners one more really fun story. I heard you talking about recently on your Instagram. Um, we did mention manifesting a little bit earlier in the podcast, but you have the coolest story about manifesting that ties in with vision boards. Um, it is so valid to really identify goals or, or dreams or things you're working towards, even if it's just a hard task you're wanting to conquer at work. Um, but it's one thing to wrestle with that in your mind. I think when we, when we write it down, when we speak it out or even add it to vision boards, it really gives power to those thoughts and ideas and dreams. Um, so tell us about your experience with that recently. Well, I wish I could take all the credit. It's actually my husband's uh, 
visioning that worked really, really well. But I want to think that it's a joint manifestation effort. Um, so like I said, I guess in the beginning, my husband, John, and I have been uh, really studying I don't want to say really setting. I would love to go to like a retreat one day or really, um, you know, hone in on manifesting and visioning more so than I already am. But, you know, we're podcast junkies. We listen to a lot of things. Um, so it's been like an ongoing journey for us to learn about visioning. And um, let's see. So 2016, Yes. The beginning of 2016, January, I was pregnant with Johnny and we live in Midtown in Memphis. Uh, we were walking like on one of our, not day, I wish it was daily walks, um, but weekly walks. And we uh, were just planning the year is January, like, okay, what do we want? Uh, what, and there was a house for sale on the boulevard and it was a very stately crazy house it was gorgeous and uh it was for sale and it was for sale for a lot of money and he said you know what he goes you want to live in midtown for forever and uh I was like, yeah, like, this is it. Like, I, I want to live here for forever. Maybe not this house, but like, because I think I'm going to put that house on our vision board, on my vision board. He's like, I'm making a vision board. At, um, he was making it on PowerPoint at work. And on there, he was putting like big things that he wanted for his business. Um, he's got a, like a vacation home on there. He's got, uh, he's got a check that is made out to him for X amount in like the year 2025. So things like that. He's like, I'm going to put that house on our vision, this vision board that I'm making. I was like, well, that house is for sale right now. Like that's a forever home. Like that won't be for sale again for another like 20, 30, 40 years. And I laughed and I go, plus if you're going to dream, dream for that house is bigger. And I knew that the people that were living at, at the house that I pointed to, um, I knew that they were older and were going to like, we're already retired. And so I was like, well, we've got a better chance of that house because they can't live there for another 30 years. Um, and so he goes, okay. And he like snapped a picture of that house that I pointed to and put it on the vision board. And he printed off that vision board on a, on a letter size sheet of paper and taped it to his medicine cabinet in his bathroom. And so that was when I was pregnant. We already knew that Johnny was going to be a boy, but we didn't know what he was going to look like. Um, obviously because he wasn't born and we had no idea about like another kid. Um, but since then, Johnny looks like a little blonde boy, just like the pictures that John's put up of them. And, uh, and on, when I was pregnant with our second Coco, we didn't know that it was going to be a girl. And every single time that we told Johnny about a baby, he kept on saying, I'm going to read to her. I'm going to read. He was like two and a half. 
He's like, I'm, I'm we're maybe three. He's like, I'm going to read to her. I'm going to read to her. And we're like, okay, great. You're going to read. I'm going to read to her some books. Like, great. Okay. Read to her, whatever. That was the only thing he talked about with this baby. And there's a little thumbnail picture of a blonde boy reading to a little blonde girl <laughs> in the picture, in, like reading a book. And John came down one day after, like I, when I was still pregnant, he was like, look at this. And then we learned that it was a girl. And we we're like, this is so weird that he keeps on saying, read to her. And like, here's mm -hmm. a picture of this little boy reading a book. Um, anyway, so then fast forward to, uh, I've never asked John to go see another house. Um, my friend's a realtor and this house was on the market October of 2020 and was snatched up right away. And then it came back on the market in January of 2021. And I just said, let's go see this house. And I convinced him. I hadn't ever convinced him to go see another house ever. He's always said, no, that's stupid. We're not going to go look for another house. We were actually had plans in March of this year. We were going to have um, someone renovate. We're going to have the contractor come in or the architect come in and drop plans to renovate our old house and um and so because we I like I was getting okay with the fact that like we we're gonna live there for another 10 years it was like let's just get it it needs a new kitchen and one more bedroom and we're good for another decade or so or maybe for forever and um and so I would come to terms with that and that's another thing to be said I think that the moment that you're okay with any possibility is the moment when the big possibility can come right so um so january 14th this house came back on the market and i convinced him like, like let's go see it and uh he said okay which i was like oh my gosh hallie just my one of my best friends and realtor and i was like oh my gosh he actually said yes i can't believe he actually said yes like what's gonna happen um and so it was a Friday. We were going to see it at 5 p.m. It had been a very busy day at work for him. That was the day. Oh my gosh, it's all coming to fruition. Like in my head now, it's, I'm all, I'm realizing it. That was the first day that I did the yay or nay too. That morning on January 14th, I listened to Kathy Heller. I was like, I'm in the zone. This is going to be great. I do the yay or nay and I'm like, bids are coming in and I'm realizing, oh my gosh, like I'm not going to make just an, like hundred dollars off of this little fun game. I'm going to make X, Y, Z. Like, I can't believe people are paying me for this to have fun and shop yeah. for antiques as like a personal shopper. And I told my mom, I was like, I called her and I was like, oh, so we're going to go see this house and it might, it'll probably, I don't know what it's going to be like, but whatever. And, um, so then it's five o'clock, John calls and he's like, where, so wait, where are we going? What house are we seeing? He had been so busy at work. He had not even been paying attention. And I was like, John, it's the house on the corner of our walking path in, um, in the cement says Tina and Johnny and Johnny's our little boy's name. Mm -hmm. And I, we like, we've joked for years on our path that like, Oh, like 
we'll live we'll live there and we'll live on Belvedere we'll live on the boulevard and we just don't know who Tina is yet like Johnny's gonna date some girl named Tina wonder who like we don't know where she is who she is but there's a Tina and um so anyway so on the phone John's like wait what house we're gonna go see said John it's the Tina and Johnny house and he goes oh my gosh okay so uh he's like I'm there and we walk through and the whole entire time I'm videotaping so I'll remember what the house looks like and I'm going this is so this is too nice this is insane this is just the details in this house are just way better than realtor.com showed this is out of our league this is crazy and on top of that while I'm videotaping every minute detail in a laundry list that I had told John I wanted in my forever home I was seeing then I didn't know we're even there like stupid like stupid things like a backyard that you don't have to mow I don't mow (laughs) but I don't I wanted something with like overgrown monkey grass that like you know looked like a little garden area um a pool where everyone can sit in the pool so that like you're all kind of there's enough uh steps so where you can all sit and you don't feel like you know kids can have a play area and adults can sit and have drinks and talk or whatever um so like we're seeing all the and a back house a back house that we can rent out so that we can afford to live in the house um and so we're seeing all of these things in the house while we're touring and we're like, oh, oh my gosh, like all of the things that we've been saying, the minute, silly little things that we've been saying that we want in a forever house, it's all here. And so we thought that that was wild already while we were in the house that afternoon. And then we get home and we're like, could we do this? Like, th- what? This is insane. This is nuts. We don't need to be doing this. This is, this is crazy talk. What are we doing? And we both talked, like he called his dad. I called my mom. They're like the realtor junkies and the big thoughts. And like, whenever there's a, you know, big life moment, that's who we consult. And they both were like, it's a go y'all should do. And so we're like, okay, maybe we should, maybe we should. And then John comes downstairs with he had just snapped a picture of his medicine cabinet from on his phone he didn't take the piece of paper down from his medicine cabinet but instead he took a picture on his phone and I was downstairs in the kitchen and he threw his phone at me and was like well I guess it's done because the house that he put on his vision board in 2016 which was what y'all probably already guessed by the story but um but we were dumbfounded like the little thumbnail of the picture that he took in 2016 was on it and that's when we were both started shaking and we're like oh my god oh my god his that had been five years ago we had no idea that um you know that we had done that and so yeah so the house that I'm sitting in right now with the crazy insane stained glass in the study I'm in this room because it's got very nice shag carpet that I thought would not, um, it's beautiful. Would, well, congratulations. That's an amazing, 
amazing Thank uh, you. win. Yeah, I will University be sitting on the definitely. floor for a long time, I feel like. Um, but uh, it's it's been great. And yeah, so we found our forever home ma by manifesting it. And I've always thought that vision boards work some, and it's some people might think that they're crazy, uh, but I'm never going to question it again. I think it's great to have something that you're uh, consciously working towards, but also making yourself so aware of it that it becomes subconscious. Mm -hmm. um, and, and thoughts and become things, you know? Yeah, that's ultimately what he did every single day. He had those pictures in his head um, and he was working towards them without even, you know, every single second thinking I'm working towards this. And it, it just became his way of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I want to do a lot more of it because, because <laughs> reaping the benefits of it is really fun. That's awesome. And also doing what you're doing with this podcast and what I was doing with my positively creative podcast, we've taken a break just because I wanted to build arrow so much. And, um, and by the fall arrow will have a recording sound booth in there so that we can get back up and running with podcast world. Um, but yeah, like sharing that message and sharing these stories, I think is so important because I would not know that it was possible had I have not heard other people's success stories. Well, I would love to um, just ask you one more quick question before we wrap up. And that yeah. is now that you come through this journey so far and, and know what you know now, if you could turn back and give your younger self advice, what would you tell her? To not stress out as much. Um, I really was obsessed with um, being perfect and perfection is, I feel like it, it killed me slowly. I was eating myself up by not getting something right the first time. Mm -hmm. And recently over the past couple of years, I've learned like, it's, I hate these silly phrases that are like, it's the journey, <laughs> but it really is. It really is. It's, um, it's stepping back and being thankful for each little moment. And th there is no final, like that we're not working towards like one little final moment. Um, just because that's, that's the buzzkill. Um, so yeah, trying to enjoy all those little moments is so essential. And I just want to shake my younger self for, you know, caring so much about maybe what other people thought. Mm -hmm. um, that's a big one because nobody's thinking about you. <laughs> I feel well, like, like you said, the, uh, all of that taking stock in the moment. I mean, I think no matter where you are in life, if you really step back, there is so much abundance to be found already around you. So yeah. much. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, it has been just such a pleasure, Dorothy, talking to you and, and hearing more of your story. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and, and sharing with us today.
Yeah, 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 we'll be sure and drop um, all your websites and and where we can find you in the show notes. Is there anything else you'd you'd like to say or that we missed at all? No, if if you're in Memphis, come to Aero Creative. We will be fully up and running right now. We've got some studio spaces that people are running out, but um, we are doing some art classes each month. Um, but once this pandemic is behind us and once our renovations are fully done in the fall, uh, we are excited to have it be, uh, an art central station. That is awesome. And I love that you guys are so big on community over competition. That is such a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. We, we found that like when the artists are there together and we can, uh, teach each other so many things and everybody thrives yes well here's to to thriving and not surviving more more of that for sure exactly thank you so much for having me on well thank you again dorothy thank everyone for tuning in and we will catch you next time thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the shift her podcast We are here to share stories that inspire so that you can create the life you love now. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review, share on social media, and tell us why it resonated with you. You can follow us on Facebook at ShiftHer, Instagram at ShiftHer.co, and read more about us at www.ShiftHer.co. While you're there, sign up for our High Vibe monthly newsletter, where we share even more inspiration and stories from our Mastermind program. Links from today's episode are in the show notes.